This is the Aftermarket Radio Network. Hey, welcome everyone. It's Carm Capriato. Good to have you here. You know, we've been the best grounded source for automotive service repair business acumen since 2015. Glad to have you here. I have an incredible guest with me, fellow shop owner, like most of everyone who's ever been on and, and who listens to the show. And this is Aaron Weber from D&E Auto Repair in Chico, California. Hey, Aaron. Hey, how's it going? How are you, Carm? It is great. Thank you. It's so interesting, Aaron, that we're recording this episode, almost the entire island of Maui devastated with a fire. And our story is very much aligned or similar and the same. I don't know if if the gods were watching us, man, but way back, and I believe it was, what, November 2018? November 2018, when the Paradise Campfire hit, I think it was one of the most destructive fires in California history. And you lived it. We're thinking, what do we title this episode? And it's like overcoming life's changes or we started from scratch with no forks, spoons and knives. And the funny thing is, is that's actually what happened. I guess it's not really funny. However, uh, yeah, it really did happen. So forgive me. I don't remember it crystal clear. It's not like it happened yesterday. It did happen quite some time ago. However, a very difficult part of my life. And I want to start by saying thanks for letting me on the show to tell the story. Because like you said, there are so many people that were hurt and affected by this fire, not just myself. So I'm honored to be able to tell the story here. Hey, plan to be at Apex 2023, October 31st through November 2nd. Apex will build upon the incredible success of Joe's Garage, a full 10-bay working environment. If you earn your living in the auto service aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Hey, did you know that Napa Tracks has on-site training plus six days a week support? It all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. Let us prove to you that Trax is the single best shop management system in the business. Find Napa Trax on the web at N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. We need to hear the stories of triumph over adversity. Doesn't matter. We could look at all different forms of challenges that we've had in our life, that you are a great circumstance being from the industry to tell your story as to basically, you know, how it happened. And I think the fortitude that you, the wife and the family had, everything was destroyed. Everything. You had nothing. You had to start total scratch. So I love to hear stories like this because it makes me think, oh, are you kidding me? (laughs) My life is nowhere like Aaron's was. And we always look at some tough parts of our world and think it's never happens to anyone else but me. That's why I want to tell this story. And I think it's a great story. I think you're a great person. You got a great business. And let's jump into this. The kids were in school. In Durham, they saw smoke. This whole episode started. Yep, absolutely. That's kind of how it started. So let me back it up just a teeny tiny bit more. It all started on a cold, windy, stormy night, right? The wind was blowing like crazy. And we're in paradise. There's a bunch of trees and pine needles going everywhere. And of course, the next morning, we wake up to a huge plume of smoke. And I think, okay, well, it's off in the distance. There's absolutely no way it's going to burn the entire town. So, you know, I give my wife a kiss. I tell my kids bye for the day and I had to work. And then, you know, I get to work and of course my wife does her routine, which is of course, take the kids to school down in Durham. We were on Neil Road, so it was kind of a, a straight shop to Durham. She drops the older kids off at, at school and then of course brings my young and 
home because she had the day off. She was keeping her at home. I think she was man, two or three at the time. And she still remembers that, unfortunately. However, moving along here, my sister was down at the bottom of the skyway. And that's kind of opposite side of paradise from where the fire started. She was at the clinic and she's texting me. She's like, hey, Aaron, I'm at the bottom of Skyway at this clinic and they're evacuating me. There's a fire right outside. And of course, this was just like a couple blocks away from my house. And so I'm like, whoa, I need to get home and check on my family, right? Check on my wife. So I, of course I text my wife. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And she's horrible with the phone. I'm like, why do you even have a cell phone, woman? You never respond. But anyway, so it just made me worry even more. And so I go to my boss. I'm like, hey, buddy, you know, that fire, apparently it's getting closer to my house and I need to go check on my family. And my boss, being the stubborn ass that he was, he says, oh, you're not allowed to leave. I was like, well, I mean, <laughs> I'm not really asking. I got to go. I'll see you later. And so I go home and I took Neil Road up and it's kind of the back way up. And I suspect if had I gone up the Skyway, which is the major route up, I probably would have been blocked and I wouldn't have been able to get to my house. So I go up the back, back way and I'm probably about halfway up to paradise. And the smoke is so bad by this time that it's actually like nighttime, right? So I'm driving in the dark. My headlights kick on everything. It's bad. And so I finally get to my house and I see my wife. She's kind of starting to throw a couple of items of clothes in the car. And then we had a, a guinea pig and a lizard. So she's loading those up and my daughter's already in the car waiting. And so I get there and I'm kind of just watching her. I want to assess the situation, I guess, because I had just got there and it looked okay. It looked clear for a second. And so I ran inside and grabbed a couple of uh, laundry baskets of clothing. So I think in total, we probably got about three laundry baskets of clothing and our lizard and our guinea pig and our daughter. I got my truck. She got her car. And of course, we had a, a third vehicle at the time, which was a pretty nice truck. And we had to leave that behind. But I went outside after I... I uh, got a load and I looked on the ground and there was an amber that had fallen from the sky and it was about the size of my palm and I picked it up and it was hot. And like I said, the night before it had been windy. So there's pine needles everywhere. And so that was kind of our cue to get the heck out of there. Any moment, I suspect the pine needles could ignite and the fire would be right there. Sure. So we take off and we start heading down the skyway and that was a nightmare because it's kind of like limited on the routes that you could get out of town and there's thousands of people trying to evacuate. And like I said, there was a fire at the bottom of the skyway already because it was so windy, spot fires everywhere. The traffic had slowed down the way that Paradise goes into Chico. Traffic was just incredibly backed up and it was backed up all the way through Paradise. It was backed up into Miguel Yes. So you're standing still with the wife in with the vehicle next to you and you're just what, crawling along. Yep. Absolutely. And luckily we got down in time. Like I said, when I saw our queue to leave, we got down in time that we avoided any of the heat. However, we were stuck in traffic for a very long time. I saw vehicles coming down the hill that were half burnt, half melted. It was insane. I was so thankful that we got out with what we did get. And a lot of people lost family in it. You know, I'm super thankful that I... I wasn't one of those people. Thank God you went back up. Thank God you went with your intuition to go and to help. Who knows what could have happened had you not been there to help. I kind of thank my sister as well because she's texting me, right? Hey, I'm getting, I'm getting evacuated. It's time for you to do the same thing. Yeah, don't take chances. When something like that happens, you almost want to say, okay, let's not play it safe. Let's not think that it won't happen to us. Let's just do. Yeah. Okay. And like I said, by that point in time, I had already thought in my head that morning, well, there's no way it's going to 
in the whole town, right? And just from that small amount of time, it was already on the opposite side of the town. Give me the time frame. You left work and you went home, you got what you can, and you're heading down, you're stuck in traffic. Uh, two, three hours? To get from Paradise to Chico? Yeah, from work up to your home, where you were living where, in Paradise or Chico? So we were living in Paradise on Neal Road, which was kind of a couple blocks down, kind of towards lower edge of Paradise on the exact opposite side of the town where the fire started. So, But the time that you, you left work, the time you were heading back down the hill, a couple hours? Yep, a couple hours. Okay, all right. And so when we did finally make it down the hill, I went to my sister's house, her apartment. She had a little three, not two-bedroom apartment, a two-bedroom apartment, one bathroom, and her dog. So we get down there, and we're watching the news. We're watching this live anchor on the bottom of Skyway explaining kind of some of the things that are coming down, like how he didn't understand why they're closing traffic going up, and they're allowing people to come down on all four lanes. And to me, being up there, it was pretty obvious, right? They needed a way down. So, I mean, it made perfect sense to me. But just a lot of what ifs and a lot of people continuing to come down for hours with partially burnt and mangled vehicles. And it was, I don't know, man, it was... Aaron, where were the rest of your children in school? They were in school, yep. They were still in in Durham school at that point in time. They knew that the fire was there. However, they didn't know how bad it was yet. Did they keep the kids on purpose or did did you have to go get them? Did they bring them? Of course, they couldn't bring them home. Yeah. And like I said, traffic was so backed up the way that the towns are set up, the highway through Durham, the highway through Oroville, the highway through Chico, all of it was being used to get as many people out of paradise as quickly as possible. So, I mean, even if they would have excused our kids from Durham school, it would have taken us hours to get to them anyway. And at that point in time, they were far enough away from the fire that it wasn't really a safety issue. Okay. So the wife worked uh, where? She worked up at Feather River Hospital in Paradise. And so that burnt. So she lost her job. Who had the insurance in the family? So we had home insurance through a place. I forgot the name of it, but it was out of Europe somewhere. And so, I mean, that was, I suspect we'll probably get into that, but that was just another torturous endeavor. What about the healthcare side? Did she have it or you have it? Wife. Yep. Oh boy. Okay. So she loses a job. Obviously there's some time to get that right. Is she working again now? Is she she back? Yep. Absolutely. Did they rebuild the hospital? No, I don't think they're going to. I'm not really sure, but she's down at Chico at Enlo, just loving it there. Oh, great. I mean, it's, it's five years ago now. I mean, I know it's so tough for you to recall all of this, but what an incredible story. So you, I remember you telling me, he says, Carm, I've got so much in me, I could write a book. <laughs> the book is on the emotional fortitude that it takes to ultimately realize, take me back to when you finally got back up the hill to check on the homestead and realize that it was completely gone. So we tried to go up several times for multiple reasons, right? We wanted to get some information for our insurance, try to get insurance. The National Guard was actually blocking our way. And so I understand they had a job to do. They were absolutely emotionless. Well, I guess they were given a job and they were doing it, huh? Yeah, absolutely. They were given an order and that was what they had to do. Do your order, do your job and get her done. And so, you know, I'm thankful, I guess, that they're capable of doing that. And now we get to see that live and in action. However, it just really sucks that it had to be for us, you know? Not because you were the receiver of that. It didn't sit well. Especially considering the, the circumstance, right? It wasn't like I was vandalizing or... No, it's not you were going to go and shoot your uh, weapon at the enemy. <laughs> you were going to check on the house. But okay, because I guess if they let everyone up, it could have gotten to be a bad cluster again and an uncontrollable thing. I mean, I understand what you wanted. Move on from there. But uh, yeah. Okay. So when did you finally get up the hill? So I think it was several weeks later. Whoa, really? So you didn't know, did you assume you lost the house? 
So we started seeing videos on Facebook, right? Because there were like firefighters and different people that were allowed up there and they would drive up Neil Road with their video camera rolling on their phone and video record side to side. And I caught a glimpse. One point, somebody was video recording and I just caught a teeny tiny glimpse of my property as he turned his phone and I saw that it was gone. Just the only thing that was still standing was my chimney. So I knew that it was gone. So I knew that we needed to proceed and contact insurance and kind of get the ball rolling. But it was still, like I said, a week, maybe even two before we could go up and see what happened. Aaron, I got an important question. Yeah, you were in the house. You had an opportunity to say, hey, we're in some deep trouble here. We need to pack up and go. Did you ever stop to think that you needed to take your little metal box of all your important papers and insurance documents with you? No. If you talk to anybody that's ever been in a situation where it's like flight or fight. Yeah. You don't think of that. You don't think. You just react. Wow. All right. We could go on about that. But yeah, you're teaching me something new. A fight or flight. Who's thinking cohesively? Probably no one. Nope. And so ideally, if you think that there's a potential for any disaster like this, practice, man. teach your family, get into a routine where your body is used to doing these movements. So when it happens, you do it. Apex 2023 will be here sooner than you realize. So make a commitment, plan ahead and register now at aapexshow.com. This year, you'll find a strong offering of management, technical and service advisor training to include J2534 module programming, deciphering gas turbo drivability, ADAS calibration, and strategies for dealing with difficult customers among another 30 classes. Bring your thirst for knowledge, determination to network, and curiosity to Las Vegas, October 31st through November 2nd, 2023. Head to aapexshow.com and register now and sign up for the classes that you want. And a highlight at Apex is meeting top industry execs ready to talk with you about your business needs, parts programs, and tools. So if you're in your living in the automotive aftermarket, then Apex is for you. Spend time at Joe's Garage and see tools and equipment in action. Register now. AAPEXshow.com, 31st of October through November 2nd, 2023. Apex, now more than ever. Hey, let's face it. Your shop management system is the single most important tool in your shop, period. Napa Tracks has made selecting the right shop management system easy by offering the industry's best, most comprehensive SMS. Now, it all starts when a local representative meets with you to learn about your business and how you need to run it. After all, it's your shop, so it's your choice. And having local representation is a huge plus. Customizing tracks to your business, whether you're a one-person shop or a large multi-bay or multi-location company, a representative consults with you to help optimize your shop's workflow, efficiency, and profitability. Tracks always has the flexibility to do business how you need to do it, which means it can also grow as your business grows. And unlike the other guys, we'll be there for you after installation with the best training and support in the business. Yes, a learning management system tailored to each role in your company. Simply put, Trax was designed and built for shop owners just like you. Visit us on the web at NapaTrax. That's N-A-P-A-T-R-A-C-S dot com. So you find out the house is devastated. You finally get up there two weeks later and you were living with your sister? Yep. So we, we ended up staying with my sister at this little apartment complex in kind of a, a bad neighborhood in Chico. And so we had a bedroom. So we got a couple of bunk beds and we were all sharing bunk beds and extremely tight fit. So whenever we had the opportunity, of course, we wanted our kids to stay the night, you know, at family or friends or wherever it may be. We had quite a bit of help when it came to family and things like that. So luckily, you no, know, we weren't confined to this one bedroom for days and hours 
hours and weeks and years. And I was about ready to ask you, she's got a two room apartment. She's a single person. Now there is eight in the house. And I, I guess God bless her. But you probably you and the wife probably said, hey, what can we do now? I mean, almost had a bunk down there for what? A couple of months or I mean, yes, absolutely. By the time that we uh, actually got the proof that our house was burnt, of course, we had to do all these different things, measurements, et cetera, before we could get any kind of assistance through insurance. And so we got as much as we could, as fast as we could so that we could get something from insurance. And it was kind of in the nick of time because like I had said to you when we were talking, it was out of the fire and it was in, into hell, literally, because going and trying to get assistance, there were a lot of people in the area that weren't even from the area getting that assistance. So we had to wait in line for these people that weren't weren't even necessarily involved with the fire, kind of taking advantage. And so it kind of took from the system. So for example, we had a couple under baskets of things, of course, not enough. It was pretty cold out. So we needed jackets, we needed bedding, we needed pillows, we needed everything. So we go to the Salvation Army and we're waiting for a few hours to get into the Salvation Army office to kind of pick some items out for myself, my wife and my family. And there's people in front of us and people behind us like, oh yeah, we didn't lose anything in the fire. However, we heard that, you know, they're giving away free stuff. So we're here. Oh my. Right. And so after a couple of hours of waiting in line, we finally get to go inside. And by the time we actually get inside, it was just picked clean. And so it was just kind of a waste of time going there anyway. And, you know, that's kind of, I guess, a negative way to look at it. I'm being a little pessimistic, but it was a little frustrating spending that much time to kind of wait in line to get Q-tips. And how do you quantify if someone did or didn't lose? But of course, they were willing to tell you the truth while they were standing in line. Okay, but you recovered and you realized that not everyone's made of integrity and honesty and transparency. Some people always love to pop the system, but uh, you really needed help, and but you fought your way for it. And we did. We received quite a bit of help, like I said, from my sister. Did a GoFundMe. We got quite a bit of funding from GoFundMe. Durham is a really small, tight-knit community. They really, really, really helped us out with jackets, this or that. It was really amazing. Like I said, some really good people there. But I did find myself in a funk. You know, I had to continue working because I was the one with the job. Taking a day off, like even the next day, my boss was like, hey, you got to come back to work, right? So we had to get back into the grind. But I kind of fell into this funk, this mindset where it was like, okay, well, zombie mode, right? We'll get through it. Zombie, whatever. I don't know what's going to happen. Robot dirt. What really woke me up? One evening I was at my sister's house and I took the trash out and I walk out and her trash dumpster is enclosed with a fence three ways around it. And I'm walking out to the dumpster with this trash and I go to throw it in the dumpster and this guy stands up in the back and he has a needle in his arm like literally shooting up right there. And so I dropped the garbage and I threw my fists up because I thought he was like going to want to try to fight or something. And he's like walking towards me like a zombie and he puts his hands up and he's like, no, 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 no. Like, I don't want to fight. Right. And he's just like pointing over off to the side, like trying to get by me because that's where his bike was. And he just wanted to take off. And so it really opened my eyes and the fact that, okay, I really need to get my poop in a group. I have kids. What if one of my kids would have taken the trash out and experienced that? We got to get this going. And so luckily, a little bit of the GoFundMe, and then we started getting some of the insurance. And then we ended up really hitting different realtors really hard. And we got lucky finding a realtor that helped us find a place in Orville. So we kind of moved into Orville and kind of got away from my sisters and that scenery. I want to stop and I want to go back just a few minutes about the fact that you had to go to work the next day. There's such an incredible lesson here for our industry. We talk about technician employee retention a lot on our show and what we do to make that happen. We talk about culture a lot. 
and how critical and important it is to grow a great team. Love caring inside of a business team family. Sure doesn't sound like you had that there. Nah, and I didn't stick around. Yeah, the point is, is yeah, you have your own shop. Did this experience that you went through with employer and everything make you a much better leader in your shop now? Absolutely. Compassion is absolutely a must-have. Empathy, and sometimes even in the right scenario, some sympathy. We got to do it. And one big thing that I learned from all this is it's okay to love hard. As a matter of fact, I don't think that there's anything better. I love that. Aaron, I'm telling you, love hard. Wow. I love to find these pearls of wisdom that come out of all of our shows. And that is huge. Love hard. I don't think you could have ever come up with that, Aaron, had you not gone through all of this. Absolutely not. And there are so many of us that have, there's a breast cancer diagnosis or we've lost a loved one because of, you know, a terrible illness. We have addiction issues or problems. I mean, in life, all this stuff happens. And I guess we sometimes say, what was me? Why did it happen to me? It's difficult to get through the roller coaster of life. But one of your greatest lessons that came out of yours was love hard. Powerful, powerful. Since you mentioned that roller coaster, you know, life, another lesson that came from it for me is we're always going to have these ups and downs, right? And this was a really low down for me. But at the end of the day and looking back, it was mine. It's mine forever. So, I mean, no matter how low it was or however bad it was or whatever happened to me and my family, I can take something out of it that I learned and I can move forward and be optimistic and positive about the fact that it was my ride. I survived it. I learned something. And here we are doing something better now. I'm hearing you say you overcame the feelings of what it is to start from scratch. I can't imagine the hill you looked at, but something inside of you, the wife, the family said, we can get through this. We have to. And we look at our children and it's like, I mean, we have to. And yeah, absolutely. Like after the fire, being at my sister's and then going to a hotel to kind of get a little bit of our own space or here or there, wherever it was that we were, not even having a spoon or a fork to put down for my children to eat their food with was really eye-opening. It's not a place that I've been since I was 18 and moved out of my parents' house. And even then, I didn't have nothing. There was always a spoon or a fork you could probably go back to if you needed. Absolutely. And you know, there's every once in a while, mom and dad maybe helps you have some silverware for your new place, or you can take your bedding with you that you had at your mom and dad's, things like that. So you bumped into some real bad people, for example, at Salvation Army, but uh, you probably discovered a lot of amazing people too. Absolutely. Another one of these uh, life lessons through this event is there's some really bad people out there, right? There's some really shitty people that are just ready to take advantage of anybody, anytime, always. And they will, and they do it, and they're very good at it. I learned that there's like opposite side of that spectrum. There's people that are just great. And so had it not been for them, we wouldn't have made it through as quickly as we did. And that was kind of eye-opening all in itself because it was like, well, if they have that compassion and that power to share and care, and that makes me feel this positive about my future and where we go from here, why don't I try my hardest to get us back to where we're stable enough to help other people that experienced it too? Because like I said, there's so many people that were affected by this campfire. And even to this day, I have customers that come in and they're like, yeah, I lost everything. And it's like so many people are impacted. So if I could get myself into a position to help others that were impacted, I mean, even better. I find it fascinating that the fire was in November 2018 and you bought DE Auto Repair six months later. 
Wow. It's so interesting. I mean, we could probably do an entire episode on how you pull that off. Was it a going business? It was. However, it wasn't quite as turnkey as I had thought. I can dig into it a teeny tiny bit here. Sure. Give us a few minutes on that. Okay. Sounds great. I went to uh, take a peek. As a matter of fact, there's another shop owner here in Chico who owns Affordable Auto, who I, I absolutely admire. And he knew that I was looking for a shop and he gives me a call. He's like, hey, go check out d and It's for sale and probably going to pass on it. And so I'm like, oh, hell yeah. Thank you, man. I'm going to go check it out. And so I come and I roll into the parking lot and I look around and it's the biggest shithole I've ever seen in my life. There's a fence down in the middle of the road and there's weeds growing everywhere and there's car parts all over, metal everywhere. And like, looks like a jungle. This is an automotive repair shop. What? And so I go inside the shop to talk to the owner and kind of the same thing inside, right? What is this place? And so we start chatting and we get... So now you know why the other guy passed on it. Okay. <laughs> It's all making sense. He's like, oh, yeah, you know, maybe a little too much for me right now. But I know you can do it, Aaron. So I hop in here and I'm, I'm, I'm chatting with him. We negotiate and we uh, determine a price and I'm going to do it. I'm going to dedicate some time and clean it up and make it shine or try to. However, I thought in talking with him that it was going to be a turnkey shop. And I think that I got a total of like maybe 10 customers and a really bad reputation to start with, as well as all this cleanup. So it was pre-existing. It was a facility or a name that's been in Chico for 20 plus years. However, it had definitely been put into the dirt over the last probably 10 years. So you and I could do a, an episode on doing good due diligence someday, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Because he's like, oh, I'm not going to share my customer base with you because I don't want you to steal it. But we know that wasn't the case, right? He just didn't want me to know the customer base. Yeah, how bad it was. Yeah, or the lack thereof, rather. Yeah. And so anyway, I guess I'll just kind of end it on this note. We did get a little bit of insurance money. We got a place in Oroville. And of course, we got enough insurance to start replacing items for the children. And I'm like, man, I've been trying to start my own shop for a long time. When we were in paradise, I lost all my tools because I was doing mobile repairs up there because I was trying to start facility, put money in the bank. And of course, I lost my tools and all that. But hey, kiddos, what do you guys think of me going and buying this business? Now, it's going to leave me with just enough money to potentially replace one item that you lost in the fire. So if I get it, I can replace one item that you lost in the fire. So let me know what it is if you want to do this, if you think we should, and I'll replace that item. And of course, my boys are like, we got to get our dirt bikes back. And then our daughter, art supplies, she definitely needed art supplies, super into art. And they were like, go for it. You know, do it. Let's do it. And so again, kind of had to sacrifice to make it happen, but we did it. They decided they were part of the decision and we went for it. You run a great business and make a lot of money. You can give those kids those rewards for helping you get to become your own owner, uh, your own entrepreneur. I love how you offered them an opportunity, but they said, hey, dad, we don't need everything. Just give me this. And we'd love to see you get your business. I can't imagine the learning curve, your personal learning curve over all of this, the things that it taught you of personal survival. I mean, again, I go back to this book you could write. Wow. Definitely keep your eyes open, stay vigilant. I was hoping that uh, my wife and my daughter had kind of learned a little better. The other day I saw them in a restaurant and it was my lunch break and they had actually went there to get me a smoothie to bring it to me at work. Um, but I was already there getting myself a sandwich while I was standing in the corner waiting for my sandwich and they walked into the shop and they didn't even see me there for like five minutes. And I'm like, man, after the fire, like we got to remember, like things happen and we have to be vigilant. We have to be ready. Right. And so one of the things that I learned, unfortunately, is there are a lot of bad people in the world. And it's like, you know, I want my family prepared for that because what if I was a bad dude standing in the corner and they needed to know that I was there? Be vigilant, pay 
attention to your surroundings. Wow. Great lesson. Yeah. Because I mean, you, you never know. Great lesson. I mean, it's almost like, I don't even want to say, I shouldn't even say this, but the fire put you down a completely different path of life and taught you so much. What do you take into the business as far as, okay, you've been in there, you know, a bunch of years now. Have you overcome, gotten the new customers, hired some really good people, cleaned it up? Again, I know you told me the story, but did surviving the fire and changing your attitude about people help you grow a great business? No, because it didn't teach me everything that I needed to know. And luckily for me, there are all these really intelligent entrepreneurs, business owners like that you interview constantly that I can look up to and learn from and grow and sometimes learn myself as well. So you're on a perpetual learning curve. That's what's going on with you, right? Yep, absolutely. Always learning, always moving, always progressing, always doing better. And it goes back to life has its ups and downs, right? Because I got the shop and then I was offered this opportunity for an expansion here on this property. So I took it. But then thereafter, you know, I'm starting to have some staff issues and now we're getting some good staff in, really good staff. And it's like, well, everything kind of happens for a reason, right? And so now we're going from this is your ride. Enjoy the ups and the downs. But remember, and this is true, everything happens for a reason. And so with the fire, with this expansion, with everything in my life, I continue to learn this lesson over and over and over again. And it's true. Don't be afraid to let go because everything happens for a reason. Boy, that is so true. In the last week, I was chatting with someone about life's ups and downs, and I brought the analogy of the stock market. It doesn't matter what chart you look at, the ups, the downs, the ups, the downs, long as we hopefully see forward trend and upward trend and not some of the downs we've had over life. But once you get things chugging right, it's never a solid up curve. There's always a dip here or there. And to your point, you win some, you lose some great people, some good customers having to learn new tech a challenge in the bays. And you can't be 110% every minute of every day of every year. And if you are, something's wrong. Absolutely. You're lying to yourself. That's what you're doing. Yep. You're lying to yourself and the world around you. Absolutely. So, I mean, take those downs and enjoy them, right? And I mean, sometimes they're not enjoyable. So I get that. You can't enjoy it. But you learn from them. I mean, your greatest down in your whole life changed you as an individual. You are a different person. Absolutely. And so perception and attitude are a couple of the things that I've been learning a lot about. And through that was a huge lesson for something for me to carry on forever and to teach to other people like your attitude. Oh, my God, you can do anything. You can take over the world with the right attitude. You can I so appreciate you sharing this. I mean, you know, I guess we would want to say to our audience, just imagine everything that is around you right now, the car you're driving, the bike you're on, the lawnmower you're cutting the grass with, the family that you're looking at, the chair that you're sitting in, the TV, the church you go to. I mean, just think of it all just went away and you were standing in the rubble. And I think it's difficult to even think, but it does happen. And Aaron's living proof of being able to overcome and find the right attitude and restarting from scratch without a fork, a spoon, and or a knife. Last word, my friend. Probably the biggest lesson that I've learned out of all of this, man, is if you're offered an opportunity, don't pass up. You're never too old to start over if you have to. So here we go. It's just a great lesson. Don't let life's ups and downs knock you off. Aaron Weber, DNE, Auto Repair, Chico, California. Now, I'm sure you learned something from this episode. I'm sure you did. So now use it and go get it done. Thanks. Thanks for being on board to listen and learn from the premier automotive aftermarket podcast. Until next time.